podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here's your host, Glenn Naughton. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. We are doing a special episode, a a free agency tampering period episode, if you will. I was really under the the expectation that this this would be a much more upbeat uh, show to do when I got up this morning, and I saw that the Jets had had added C.J. Mosley, linebacker from Baltimore. I thought there was more good stuff to come. But as is often the case, uh, things went uh, downhill in a hurry in uh, in Jets land. So, as most of you know, actually, right before we get started, let's uh, we're going to thank our sponsor real quick. And I do apologize, uh, a little bit under the weather at the moment. And if you hear any ruckus in the background, it's because we got a new dog, and this dog will not chill out. Don't get a sprocker. So this jet, this episode of Jet Nation Radio is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're in New Jersey, you can get a $500 risk-free bet when you sign up. This applies to all of their markets, whether you go for NBA, NHL, MLB, or anything else. FanDuel Sportsbook, check it out. So, getting right into it, it appears on the surface from what from what's going floating around on the Twitterverse that Mike McCagnin, New York Jets general manager has made what I would consider, um, and for those of you who listen to this show, you know I've been pretty patient with Mike McCagnin, uh, but he has made what I would view to be his biggest screw-up since arriving in Florham Park. Some people would say Christian Hackenberg. I disagree. Second-round pick quarterback, most of them bomb anyway. But now we're talking about, and again, we're going to clarify here, the the approach or the, the, my feelings toward this situation um, are kind of without knowing what the truth is. Because listen, we're not at, we're not in those war rooms. We don't know what's really going on. But we've got two conflicting reports regarding the Jets and how they approached the center position. Tampering period kicked off. There were two guys on the board that everyone sort of universally viewed as players suggest would make a big run at. You had Kansas City Chiefs free agent center Mitch Morse, and then you had Denver Broncos free agent center Matt Paradis. And you kind of went into it saying, if the Jets come away with either of those two guys, we're good to go. And there's no reason they shouldn't, because they have over $100 million, or roughly $100 million in cap space. You should be able to beat any offer that's made to these guys. So... In, in a short span of time, Morse agrees to a deal with the Buffalo Bills. And a report comes out saying that – first we see a report saying that Paradis has come down to the Jets or the Bills. And I thought, all right, the only thing that worried me a little bit is that Paradis is a outdoorsy hunter country type guy, which I understand there you do get that in New Jersey, but – 
there aren't many places on the planet that are as isolated, desolate, and and sort of countryish uh, than Buffalo. So I thought, oh, but you know, might he be intrigued by that? Because some people like isolation. Some people like not being around people when they can avoid it. So I didn't know if that was kind of his mindset. But anyway, Buffalo signs Morse. So you think, okay, great. That leaves Paradis. Jets are going to get this guy locked up. They have the money. They have the need. And then a report surfaces. This is after saying it was down to the Jets and Bills. Bills get Morse. Then we see a report that Paradis has picked up the phone, or his reps, whoever, have picked up the phone, and they call John Elway, his former boss, to say, hey, John, Jets made me an offer. Do you want to do you want to rethink this? And so at that point, I'm thinking, okay, the Jets are being used for leverage here. Same as Kirk Cousins did with Minnesota. It happens. Fans don't like it when it happens to their team, but it happens. It's reality. But at that point, I kind of give up hope of Paradis coming to the Jets. He he flew to New York. He gets an offer from the Jets, and then he calls Denver to tell them what the number is that they have to beat. And then up until, what, what was six, seven, eight hours ago, Rich Samini reports that the Jets are still in, that Paradis hasn't made a decision, and the Jets are still, you know, they still have a realistic shot. So optimism renewed, starts to feel like, all right, this this thing is going to happen. Because I think it was Benjamin Albright, somebody tweeted out that, you know, even if Paradis wanted to go back to Denver, they don't have the cap space. I don't know if that's accurate. Didn't go look it up. That's what was being reported. Again, I apologize for this cold. Just came on the last couple hours. <clears throat> so, while we sit and wait on Paradis, all of a sudden, news breaks that he signed with the Panthers. Three years, $27 million. Pretty modest numbers, considering the fact that, you know, again, the need the Jets have at the position, and the money they have to spend. So, you, you scratch your head and go, what the hell happened here? How did Mike McCagnan not get this done? Then we see a report that says, and this one I believe came from Ian Rappaport, the Jets didn't even make an offer to Paradis. That him and his reps were waiting for an offer, got tired of waiting, and left. Now, if that's what happened, if Ian Rappaport is correct, and the Jets didn't make an offer, I don't even know what to say. It, it's literally, I hate the way people throw words around overused terms and, and ways to describe what the hell is going on, but that is that is the definition of unbelievable. Literally unbelievable. That you have a hundred million, well, a little under a hundred million. You have enough, regardless how much. You have enough cap space to add arguably the best center in the NFL to protect your second year golden boy quarterback, and you don't make an offer. It it is unbelievable. I I can't believe that. Let's say Ian Rappaport is a liar. But someone's going to have to explain to me the logic there. And if that is true, 
then Mike McCagney needs to have his feet held to the fire. Now, of course, he'll GM speak around it because that's what every GM does. Unless for some – again, it, this is so unbelievable that I, I'm trying to imagine a scenario where it would be acceptable to not make Matt Paradis an offer. And all I can come up with for a no offer is if the Jets had some info on his medical and they didn't like it. Remember, he's coming back from a broken leg. However, I don't see why they would have that info at this point. Generally, the physical, the medical, that takes place after the signing. That's why you see guys get signed or traded and then it gets nixed because the medical or the the physical reveals something the team didn't know about previously. So might they have known something? I guess. Does it make sense that they would have known something this soon? No. But that's one report. One report says no offer was made. Then we see another report, and I believe this was Adam Schefter. I could be wrong. Who said the Jets made an offer, but they pulled it because Paradis was taking too long. Now that goes back to what I was saying about the Jets being used for leverage. This is where I don't fault McCagnon or the Jets. If they make Paradis this offer, and the, his first reaction is, okay, let, let me go make a few phone calls first. And see if I can find somebody to beat that in a place where I actually want to play. You, you bet your ass I'm pulling that offer. So that you can defend that. You can defend the team saying, okay, we've been through this before. We see what you're doing. You're using us as a, a you know to drive up somebody else's price. So take you can take a hike. We're pulling our offer. Completely understandable. But now, the Jets are where they are. Mike McCagnin didn't get them either of the two top centers. And now what are you down to? John Sullivan, Ram center. He's a veteran. He's 34. He wasn't all that great last year. You going to go out and get Travis Swanson, for crying out loud? I mean, I get for me me personally at this point, I would say go out and and I talked about this guy as a as a, a possibility at guard. He doesn't have a lot of experience at center, but uh, Josh Sitton, damn good right guard for a lot of years. Again, a little bit older. Spent spent some time in Green Bay. Signed with the Dolphins last year. Didn't play because he got hurt. Limited experience. But we're talking about a veteran player who has performed at a very high level as a guard. Who has played a little bit of center. Because I'll tell you what, I don't want Sam Darnold lining up behind a rookie center. Even if you're you're a highly touted, a highly touted rookie center. I would I would much rather avoid that. You don't want some kid getting overwhelmed, missing a protection call, failing to pick up a stunt, something along those lines, where you got to look at yourself in the mirror and this meaning Mike McCagnin 
and dig Jesus. The one, the the single biggest reason I have a job right now is because of Sam Darnold, and I just got him killed with a fourth round center because I didn't pony up for Matt Paradis or for Morse. It's a very, it, it's an unexplainable situation. What's just happened uh, again without the facts. So that's that's the most recent news of the day. That's pretty frustrating, beyond frustrating, because now you know now are the Jets kind of forced to trade down? Because look, if if you decide you're gonna go with a rookie center, it can't be a third or fourth round pick. You've got to add a second somehow. Do you have enough picks that you can afford to package two thirds, your two threes? Move up to the second round and take a center. Not ideal, but you're not taking a center at one. So it's it's a not a good situation right now. Mentioned Jonathan Harrison. We'll cover that real quick. He uh, the Jets re-signed him two years, six million, and that's not a bad re-sign. Listen, I say all the time you need you need depth along the lines, and when you can get a veteran guy who's played all right. As a spot starter, you keep them because offensive lines universally, you know, for, for the most part around the NFL right now are terrible. So you add a guy who's who's done well as a, as a backup, you know, and a, a spot starter. Those guys generally, you pay a couple million a year. That's what they did. Two years, six million. Harrison's back, but he, he needs to not be the starter come opening day. If so, that's a... Uh, that's a huge blunder, okay? Then, pr- prior to that, prior to losing out on a center, the Jets had what, well, the Jets thought they had an, agree- an agreement with Anthony Barr, a guy who I, I I tweeted out. I forgot to mention him as a guy. You know, when I did the, the free agency preview, I thought he would have been a great multi-dimensional player in Greg Williams' defense, and I tweeted that out. I said, oh, I forgot to mention Anthony Barr as a guy they should go after in free agency. I did a little article on Jet Nation, explained how he's been used in coverage, he's been used to rush the passer, he's been used inside, he's been used outside, four-time pro bowler. This is a guy you want on your roster. Jets went after him, came to terms on a deal. Both sides agreed. And, uh, just a few hours ago, story comes out that Minnesota sweetened their offer, and Anthony Barr didn't want to leave Minnesota, so he leaves. So he he becomes the one that got away. Looked like it was going to be a big catch from McCagnan and the Jets, but this one, you can't put this on McCagnan. They still the offer he took from Minnesota was still less than the Jets offered. Now, you can't do a whole lot more than offer the guy the most money. If he wants to live in a small city, you know, comparatively speaking, of course, but if he doesn't want to be in the hustle and bustle, whatever Anthony Barr's reasons, that's not on Mike McCagden. That's on Anthony Barr. He agreed to the deal. And took less money to go elsewhere. That's his right. 
But that was the first uh, gut punch of the day. Then we followed that up by losing out on Paradise, reportedly. And now there's a hole there. Now, do you go out? For my money, I say go get Justin Houston. Make him an offer. Do the Jets have interest there? Because there is... There is a market, you know, anytime, anytime you have an opportunity to go out and upgrade your roster, this is what free agency is all about. Justin Houston does that for the Jets if they go out and get him. Shane Ray, I mean, when you're talking free agent pass rushers, there's not a lot there. Shane Ray is not a guy, for me personally, that I would want to see them that I would want to see them go out and get. But a bizarre day after I mean yesterday, it looked like the Jets had Anthony Barr. And m- moving on from this, moving on from the negativity, because enough of that. Alright? Yeah, okay. Does it suck that they didn't get a center? Absolutely. And they're going to have to find a way to get one. If they get sitting, that's probably one of the one of the better options at this point. I mean, Stephen Wisniewski is another option. He was let go by the Eagles. Far from a great player, but geez, you just need a capable veteran at this point. You don't need an unproven rookie or a you know a bottom of the barrel. You know, you see some of these free agents that are out there, and they just you know, they're not even on what on Wisniewski's level. And he's, you know, he's an, he's an average player. It, at best, an average player. But those are, a couple of, those are a couple of the options there. But now, trying to, trying to focus on some of the positive, because there is some. As I said, Harrison's back. The, the big pre, the big move before this started, before the tampering period, Colicios Melli, left guard from the Oakland Raiders now. Now, this is some good stuff. The Jets in what could be an absolute heist if he returns to form. Jets traded a fifth-round pick to the Oakland Raiders for Osmelli and the Raiders' sixth-round pick. So they basically just don't even lose a pick. They just move back. And they get a guy who is an former all-pro guard, regarded by some as the best guard, or, you know, by many, as one of the best guards in the NFL until last year when he was injured. Apparently didn't fit with what John Gruden and the Raiders wanted to do. So they were ready to move on from him, came with a big price tag, $10, $11 million a year for the next couple of years. But center and left guard were the two biggest needs on this roster, and this whole process started by getting one of the best in the NFL, again, if he's back to full health. If not, all you did was move down a few spots to get him. You can cut him loose with no cap hit. But that's not what we're looking for here. The Jets don't need any more, hey, at least we can cut the guy. Get some, get some damn players who get to hang around and play. But if they have that in this deal, then they have a massive upgrade at left guard. Absolutely massive. And that is a key, key position. No doubt about it. 
Then we heard Daryl Roberts, cornerback resigned. And Roberts is one of those moves that I look at and I'm like, someone's going to have to explain to me what was going on in Todd Bowles' head. Because Daryl Roberts was doing a really nice job at corner in this team. And then uh, Todd Bowles moves into safety. While, I mean, I understand you, he probably felt the pressure to play Tremaine Johnson because of the price tag. But really, given the age and the performance, I would have rather seen him out there last year than Mo Claiborne. But Roberts is back. In the fold, good depth guy. And then after the Roberts signing, this uh, this is a big one because it's so it's so important for Darnold. We've talked about it. They have to surround him with some weapons, some guys who can make plays with the ball in their hands. Jamison Crowder. Now I'm not gonna lie, Crowder is not a guy who I was very high on. Because I I hadn't seen a lot of him. And in, in looking through the wide receivers, I thought if it was a slot guy, it was going to be Humphreys or a Beasley. I didn't think it would be Crowder. But once the move was announced, and I went on the All-22 and watched a couple of games and found a couple of plays he made, I thought, this guy is, uh, this guy looks like he could be legit. And then, I would believe it was um, Dan Orlovsky. It was Dan Orlovsky, actually, who came out and said, I mean, he raved about the move. said, great move. In his mind, Crowder was the top slot guy in free agency, which is nice to hear. You know, when a, you know whatever you think of Orlovsky as a quarterback, he's a pretty pretty well-respected analyst in, in quite a short time. He's, he's done a great job. And he he dropped some uh, some, some all-22 film on, on Crowder and broke him down kind of in a way that you'd only expect a former NFL quarterback to be able to do. So great job there. And so it's like, okay, you got him a weapon, a legitimate weapon. You put, you know, now you put Crowder in the slot with Robbie and Quincy and Herndon. You now have four legitimate pass catchers for Sam Donald to throw to. That was big. And I still think you had one in the draft. You can't count on Quincy's health. Can't count on Robbie staying out of trouble. Somebody might somebody might scoop Robbie up. Second round tender. Robbie Anderson could be gone. Josh Bellamy was added. Wide receiver Josh Bellamy from the Bears. That's a special team signing. He's not he hasn't he hasn't he's been in the league a little while, hasn't made a lot of plays. Figured Dowell Loggins would have had him in Chicago. Gase may have had him in Chicago too, now that I think about it. Uh but Loggins definitely had him. So I'm sure there was some input there, what he's capable of. And and, th- and then the big fish, the uh probably the the uh the biggest signing, especially financially, CJ Mosley, inside linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Just give him fifty one million guaranteed. You know, one of those things up worth up to seventeen million a year. But it's only fifty one million guaranteed. This guy's a playmaker. He is a, a huge upgrade over Darren Lee, who you have to imagine is on his way out. And Darren Lee is a guy that I've defended, not, not, uh, I, I've, I've questioned his maturity, some of his antics on, on, on the internet, interacting with fans. I've said he's got growing up to do. I've asked the question is, 
you know, do the Jets need to start worrying about this guy off the field? He's done some wacky, bizarre stuff. But from a pure football perspective, said he was raw when he was drafted, expected some growing pains, and he certainly had those this past season, year three. He was far from perfect, but he was much better. So then you look at it and say, okay, he's, he's, he's going in the right direction. And rarely do you see guys, first-round picks, who are starting to show improvement. Those guys rarely get cut. But with Mosley on board and Avery Williamson making the money he's making in the middle, Darren Lee is the odd man out. Now, the only caveat to that, I mean, I would imagine the Jets view this as cutting ties with Darren Lee makes the most sense. Just move on. You know, was never the player we hoped he would be. Even with the, the, you know, the improvement he showed. So, sorry, I'm just checking there. I'm sure like many of you, I am pretty much constantly refreshing on Twitter here, waiting for any breaking news. And if there is any and you're tuned in, don't want anyone to miss it. Or I don't. I mean, I'm sure you guys are watching too, but don't, I don't want to. Don't want to not address it. So where was I? Darren Lee. Okay, Darren Lee. You have to figure the Jets know that he's. You know, and I, I believe it was Manish Man I said today. He's on his way out. He's not long-term plan. But then there's a part of me that says, given Greg Williams' reputation, given what was the fact that they used a first-round pick on him, and given the fact that he's only due, I want to say, $1.8 million this year, do you just bite the bullet and say, look, $1.8 million. Greg Williams can probably find some sub-packages where he can find a role for him, where he can make some plays. Maybe, again, you know, we've talked in the past about letting him come off the edge and use that speed a little bit, use him as a blitzer, something. So, I mean, he, he has the physical traits to contribute something. And maybe you, maybe you find a role for him where he can get you seven or eight sacks in a sub role, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's not what you want out of a first rounder, but for 1.8 million, it's not a bad deal. So I, it sounds like the plan is to let Darren Lee go. And, I, you know, you, you can't really argue that. But keeping him around, unless, and again, I, you know, I say all the time, we're not in the building. Darren Lee might be somebody who's, uh, you know, we, we don't know what his character is. We know he has done some silly things off the field. We know he has said some silly things online. So if they just view him as a headache that they want to get rid of, then you just then you just move on. Now, if they just went out and said, look, C.J. Mosley is a much better player, we're just going to get him. Well, to me, then that means that's fine, but it doesn't mean you can't find a role for Darren Lee. I mean, you, you can't tell me there are a ton of backup linebackers who have the tools that Darren Lee has. But that being said, Manish is reporting it's the end of the line for Lee, so he will probably be gone, and I don't, I don't hate that move. Just uh, because it it would have been nice to see him grow up, conduct himself a little better, and and play better football as a Jet. But it seems that is not in the cards. So to recap, 
And, you know, Le'Veon Bell, listen, Le'Veon Bell at this point, folks, uh, no news on that. I think at this point, it's one of two things. He has either agreed or he knows where he's going to sign and he's just trolling at this point, having a little bit of fun, which I don't really understand. But, you know, I guess he's a young guy and thinks it's funny, whatever. I'm sure there are some people who think it's funny. Uh, He's either trolling or he's sitting around with his agent and the agent has to try to save some face because I'm sure it was his agent who played a big role in Le'Veon Bell sitting out last year and losing $14 million and turning down a deal from the Steelers, which reportedly, and I'm going off memory here, I could be wrong. But I believe the guarantees in that deal were somewhere in the mid-30s. So you're talking about $50 million that would have been dedicated to him, guaranteed money, that he didn't get. And nobody's throwing out the actual numbers at this point. But there are a lot of people, or there are several tweets, I should say, saying... That Le'Veon Bell is finding that the market is not what he and his agent expected. I think they were under the impression they were going to be able to get $16, 17000000 million a year from somebody. But now, I want to say it was Ian Rappaport who suggested, and I, I think and Ian did clarify, he said he, his best guess. He said the Jets have made a final offer. And his best guess is that it's in the 11 to $12 million a year range. Doesn't sound like a lot of teams are in the bidding. The Baltimore Ravens have supposedly moved on Mark Ingram. And the Jets at this point are bidding against themselves. And it could be that Bell and his agent, again, they're looking at that, that $50 million deficit or however you want to refer to it, like I said, the $14 million that he didn't get last year and the $35 million guaranteed, it may have been 30 may have been 32 whatever it was. I'm, again, I'm just going off the top of my head. But that's all money that was he knew. He, that's basically 44, anywhere, let's say 40 to 50, 40 to $50 million guaranteed that he does not have, that he has lost out on by doing what he did. So are they now trying to recoup that and saying to the Jets or to anyone who's calling, we need 40 to $50 million guaranteed just to break even, just to get what he would have already had with the Steelers to save face and not look like an idiot? Because if he comes out of this with $30 million guaranteed publicly, that, that's a win for the Steelers. They get to look at him and go, hey, man, you cost yourself $15 million. And that's that, you know, one or two million you might be able to live with. You know, you could say, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's a couple million, but, you know, I'm happier where I am and I'm where I want to be, blah, 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 blah. But to keep a straight face and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super thrilled that I'm now getting 10 or $15 million less than I would have when I just sat out a year because my top priority is money. I'm now going to pretend that I don't mind that I lost the amount of money I lost. So I certainly, uh, I would certainly believe that that that's if it's not a factor now, it was at some point when him and his agent talked about 
what they were going to have to get on the open market in order to make Le'Veon Bell happy. So as it stands now, no news on Bell other than other than he's 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 dropping an album apparently, which is awesome because when music when 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 uh, athletes do musical projects, those are always the best albums. My my, my entire collection, my entire iTunes library is is pro athletes and the music they've done. Shaq's album, Macho Man Randy Savage, fantastic stuff that that never goes wrong ever. So be sure to pick that up at your well well hell iTunes get it on iTunes. Anyway, all joking aside, tampering period day two comes to an end. Well, comes to an end here technically eleven p.m. Um, but uh, like an idiot, I'll probably do what I did last night and stay up till four or five in the morning waiting for someone to sign a <laughs> sign a deal because I'm an idiot. But uh, that's the way it goes. So the, they lose out on a center. They add Mosley, huge. They add Crowder, huge. They re-sign Roberts, good move. They trade for Osamele, fantastic. Jonathan Harrison is back, solid move, can't knock it. And not sure if I mentioned this one, this is per Manish Mehta. The Jets feel they are very close to a deal to bring back Henry Anderson. You can't knock that one, but I think the the losing of Paradis and the lack of news on Bell, I think it's taken the wind out of the uh, the proverbial sale for Jets fans. And there's very much, uh, you know, <laughs> just t- tell us when they sign Bell kind of mentality right now. Not not a huge concern with defensive linemen right this moment. It's about getting a premier weapon for Sam Darnold. And, uh, but let's not forget, folks, uh, Henry Anderson's a damn good player. And he is a guy that you want to have on your roster. So <clears throat> that wraps this up. Like I said, short episode. Thoughts on what's happened so far, what might happen next. And we will have our regular show tomorrow night where hopefully we'll have some better news. Hopefully talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell and, uh, and and Justin Houston. You know, let's 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 fill some more gaps on this roster as the draft approaches and uh, start building something special here around uh, Mr. Sam Darnold. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great night, folks. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jets!